Hey, Chris Manning here from the Locked On Cavs podcast. Back at it after a weekend away. I hope everyone checked out Locked On Browns, frankly, after the, the Browns Chiefs game from Sunday. We're back today, though, talking about Denzel Valentine, talking about Lowry Markinen and Ricky Rubio's media availability. That's all coming up today on your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Tuesdays on Locked On NBA. It's East meets West with Wes Goldberg, Warriors B reporter for the Mercury News and host of Lockdown Warriors and David Vermeil, host of Lockdown Heat and also one of my favorite writers covering the league, tackling the biggest NBA stories of the day coast to coast. Follow the Lockdown NBA podcast wherever you get your podcast, probably where you're listening to Lockdown Cavs right now. Our Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back at it. Tuesday, September 14th, Locked On Cavs. I'm Chris. He's Evan. Evan, how are you, buddy? Mm-hmm. I'm good. We are three weeks away from the Cleveland Cavaliers playing basketball again. Two, can I can I just I want to say off the top. Obviously, it'll be fun. I'll get in the rhythm, all that stuff. A little. I, I could use another like two weeks. I could use like like Chris Manning is putting his two weeks notice <laughs> on the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, three weeks before their season uh, begins. I'm trying to think of what's like a number in the 40s that I could. Who's like a Cav that were 40? Like Sean Kemp, a number of days away from Tyler Zeller 40 days yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, I need I need like that amount of distance before we You can go bold and go uh Clippers training camp invite I ha- Isaiah Hart and Dimes. Um crazy the Clippers are about to have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Nicole and, Jokic on the <laughs> roster at the same time. And Jason time. Preston. Are you so, kidding me? Unbelievable. And Jason Preston. My, my guy. Um Well, <laughs> but yeah, I'm good. All things considered, so a little sore, as you may know. I'm. Uh, it's my personality at this point to share that I race the Velosano. I'm still raising money for that. If you guys want to donate, it, by all means, it's, it's open till Halloween. I think I hit my goal like a few days before the race. So thank you again, everyone who donated. But at the same time, still need more money to beat cancer. But um, <clears throat> I'm gonna share this with you off the air. But what Nicki Minaj just said for like her anti-vax conspiracy, like tweeted. Okay. At quarter to six tonight is just absolutely bonkers. Is, I'm sending it to you this right is now. Why I'm sending it to me. the bestie chat. Okay. Uh, Shout to the bestie chat. Gotta tell you, Evan, uh, I, I just want to say, I is it, tell me this, you think is an accurate statement, and then we'll talk about Denzel Valentine. If there was one of us more likely to get into an altercation with Conor McGregor on the VMA's red carpet, it would be you, right? Yeah, um, I think it's pretty clearly you. It's not me. I'm. That's just not. I. I feel like if you were just a little wrong mood, wrong day, you know, had a couple, you know, it. I'm just kind of just there. That's not me. You're projecting on me a little bit here. I just feel. Aren't I just you? feel like I'm right. I just feel like I'm right here. I'm a non-confrontational. Yeah, person but I'm saying like, if there one of us is going to be provoked, I think it'd more likely be you than me. Oh yeah, especially if I had a few drinks, I'm a little bit more edgy let's put it that way um if somebody wants to scrap and like if somebody let's say like somebody was talking shit to my boy chris manning <laughs> i'd defend his honor no hesitation evan just shoots double legs and then snacks on some brie but 
let's let's talk about. No, it. dude, hit him with the cement mixer. That five point takedown. Oh That's God. called a home run move. The, 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 in high the school movie, wrestling. Uh, you hit the, it. The movie, the movie Vision Quest was actually about Evan, but hopefully his lat pull downs are better than Matthew Modine's in that movie. If you know, you know. If you don't know, um, I. You know, you know, I know. Okay, yeah, the lot just inc- unbelievable stuff in that movie that he can't do lat pull. Let's talk about Denzel the best, Valentine. The best wrestling content you can consume though is for sure Glow on Netflix. I love me some gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah. It's a great show. Yes. Okay, let's talk about Denzel Valentine. Cavs signed him to a two-year contract, first reported by your our friend and, and yours, Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com. Um, two-year deal, second year, I believe, is not guaranteed. This is sort of funny because uh, there was like... Dude, the- do you don't even mention the fact that I found out before Sean Strania? I think Fedor just got it out like 30 seconds do, do, before do you mean, me. Well, like, I, I, Valentine's agent okay, here's the thing. You know I'm not it. using the socials. You didn't tell me this. So, like, this is just... You You know that I was... Bruh, you know I was doing things... Voice of the Utah Jazz and literally the namesake of three... Uh, one of the name words in our namesake, David Locke himself congratulated me on it. He's just like, good job on the scoop, Evan. And I'm like, wow, thanks, David. You acknowledge me for once. Include me in the email chains going forward. Wow, shots fired. Um, okay. This is going to give me that <laughs> intervention that they've been talking oh my about. God. Evan, you know that I was like not exactly like... I was occupied. Oh, yeah, you were. Um, to be fair, Feed the Swords right up on it was like 45 minutes after the facts. I... I kind of assumed like i saw it tweeted it answered an email closed my laptop and then i'm like i kind of assumed chris was gonna write about it well, here's the thing sometimes you, just need, you, you need to text me i am living a more offline life um i was busy this weekend so make sure you need to prod me a little bit get the cattle prod out via text and and shame me into doing my job but denzel valentine it's not the first manning i prodded but okay oh my god i gotta ashley bass if you're listening come take his job please i'm begging you um Denzel Valentine. Please do release me. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not true. No, you need. I'm having a great time. I love Locked On. Yeah, so do I. This is great. So do I. I you're, you're trusting me right now. So Denzel Valentine, late of the Chicago Bulls, played obviously Michigan State. So we've got that that Michigan State quota here. Um, <laughs> hey, if he wears 45 for the Cavs, you could put in your Denzel Valentine's day notice <laughs> yes, to yes, extend yes, yes. the season. So 27 uh, years old will be 28 relatively soon. Um, six six. Again, on a pretty affordable contract. Some of the the key kind of advanced stats from last year that I think are interesting. Um, 0.72 assist user ratio, very low turnover percentage, in the 83rd percentile of wings last season. Pretty good assist percentage, 80th percentile of wings. I think competes on defense, has at least good size. The problem is, you know, as a shooter, um, he's in the bottom quarter of, of wings and three-point shooting at 32% from the field. Um, notably, even 31% on, on corner threes, 35 on corner threes. Uh, is not good at the rim either, so it's not even like a slashing component to his offensive game. 61% at the rim um, last year, which was the best mark of his career by a good 4%, and that, that was still in the bottom 50% of wings. So, like, this is not a... A massive, I think, like upgrade uh, for the Cavs' wing rotation, right? Like, I, I understand how you get here. I will, you know, again, like, I will just blanket statement insert here. Don't pay Kevin Love all the money you paid him a couple years ago. You could have afforded, like, an actual wing upgrade this summer in some capacity. Like, you, you could have theoretically done that. But, like, as far as consolation prizes go, like, I don't hate this. Um, I, I understand it. 
I kind of wonder if like I, I know they had him before in the house and maybe they're they, they it just didn't work then and they didn't want to go back to like I think Timothy the Walcabro is like a little bit more interesting to be a little younger kind of played more meaningful basketball last season um, as a Frenchman I like the connection yeah obviously but you know I I tend to think this is fine I I don't have like I, yeah. I, I mean, notably, like Damian Dotson also like is is now has been waived his non-guaranteed contract off the book. So like, Valhan's probably better than Dotson. Not a better shooter, but probably better at other stuff. He's bigger, but like, eh? I don't I don't think this is like a he's game better at shooting thing. corner threes. That's the one thing Denzel Valentine is better than Damian Dotson at for sure. But I agree with you. I mean, if you had the power of hindsight, I'm sure. If you you do have the power of hindsight, I'm sure if you ask the Cavs front office, they regret giving Kevin Love that extension. Um, Kevin doesn't regret it financially, but I think career-wise, he regrets it. Um, but there's worse signings that could have been made, I guess. The Cavs could have thrown more money at Isaiah Hartenstein and not brought in a player like Denzel Valentine. Like, a wing upgrade was an obvious need. They addressed three-point shooting with Larry Markinen. They addressed a backup point guard finally behind Darius Garland and Ricky Rubio. I guess they addressed wing depth by bringing in Denzel Valentine more than anything. If you're Jetty Osmond and you lose out the backup small forward job to Denzel Valentine or even Dylan Windler... Uh, I think Lamar Stevens, if his shot isn't completely busted this season, has a pretty sneaky good chance of getting those back up three minutes. But if you're Jetty Osmond and you lose out to either Denzel Valentine or Dylan Windler, but we're focusing on Denzel Valentine right now, your NBA career is at rock. It's lower than rock bottom at that point. It's it's like you're in Minecraft and you hit bedrock, but you have um, creative mode on and you just kind of break through and you're just endlessly falling after that. Yeah. All right. Let's take a little break. We'll come back. Let's just talk about the, the wing rotation a little but then we'll get into some of the media availability stuff um, after that. But first, got to tell you, well, let me let me check. I think the order here, Evan, is actually you got to tell everyone about our friends at Sweatblock. I do, I do, I do. And Chris, real quick before I tell you about them, did you know they're currently the number one antiperspirant on Amazon right now? Yes, because Nick Eggshead told us, and that's wonderful for them. It is wonderful for them, and it's probably thanks to you guys and maybe me because I wear it all the time. I love sweat block, and as some of you guys know, I'm a pretty sweaty dude, and there's nothing in life that is less fun to talk about. Actually, there's probably quite a few things that are less fun to talk about, but either way, ad read. Some of you may know that I personally have dealt with excessive sweating. When I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Now, listen, I know this isn't life and death, and there are much worse problems in the world, and let's be honest, in that moment, it feels like a big deal. Like, honestly... This is worse than finding a worm in your apple kind of situation. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date, God forbid. I'd much rather not worry about it, and that's why I use Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use Sweatblock once or twice a week and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirts based on what will hide sweat better. I can even wear gray. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKED ON or at Amazon, where it's currently number one. I don't know why I said Amazon so weirdly or CVS. 
Also want to tell you about our friends at DirecTV who are trying to bring a TV together. You obviously, everyone has, you know, you're watching your one device where you're watching the game. Another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends logins for the good stuff when you're trying to watch like the Harley Quinn HBO Max show, right? But well, I want to tell you about a, a way, great show, unbelievable show. Comic adaptation comes out this week and its continuation is very good. Anyway, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com, compatible device required, and your content varies by the package. Okay, Evan, so here, here is, again, the Cavs now winger rotation. Isaac Coro is going to all but likely start a small forward, um, barring like an injury or something. I, yeah, I mean, I think unless like he has like an injury and is like out for like a little bit at the start of the season, like he's going to start a small forward. So then your backup situation, you're, you're in this position where... Obviously, I think like the, the one of the interesting things of the Nance trade that, that I will worth following is like that potential like avenue to shore up wing minutes is now off the roster, right? Like you could have theoretically like used it as like a band aid as him as a three and, and tried to like if you're not happy with Jetty or, or Windler or now or Denton Den- Den- Valentine, you're still, I think, really just banking on like one year you're th- these are stop gaps right like at best denzel valentine is like a two-year stop gap um at, at like jetty has two years left in his contract this is a really make it or break a year for windler i guess if i had to ask you right now if you had to bet on one of these guys like mattering or at least being passable for for jb bickerstaff and and the coaches like if you're going to say one guy is going to look at least competent enough to be that backup three who do you think it is Lamar Stevens, just because it may not be. So, but here, do, do be, you consider there, him a, a lack of shooting concern? Do you consider him? Because I, I almost, I think that is an interesting answer. But the caveat I would have is that if you watch how he was used last year, particularly on the offensive end of the floor, he was playing the four. He was the way the Cavs offense worked. He was operating at the elbow. He was diving to the rim. They were specifically pushing him inside in a way that was not exactly like, hey, he's a he's a pure wing. If that's different, I think that's like a great answer. And I, it's kind of the one I'd be most interested in seeing because he's got the frame. But I would want it's the, the shooting concern. And Valentine has the same concern. Absolutely. Like that's, that's completely the, the concern with him. I'm, it, there, there's warts, I think, on every one of these options. I think is sort of the problem here. Yeah, um, there are warts. If you look at it from just a pure offensive standpoint, I think I'd have to say Jetty Osmond, unfortunately. But I just think Lamar Stevens feels like a safer answer. In theory, again, shouts to Carter Rodriguez. I think this is a very good point. Uh, in theory, adding Lowry Market into the fold here, and you maybe hope Evan Mobley is a competent enough shooter, you can make Lamar Stevens work more at the three if you put Garland and Sexton alongside them too. Maybe Rubio to an extent because Rubio isn't, an awful awful three-point shooter he's not great but he's not like horrendous either but um at the same time it's just i think lamar stevens plays hard on both ends of the floor especially on defense and if you're looking at a jb bickerstaff coach team he wants players that play hard especially on defense and i think if you look at it that way with jetty osmond regularly getting the hook towards the end of last season where they would just bench him straight up for I mean, multiple he was, he games was, or yeah, not he was straight up him. just like in purgatory for weeks 
Yeah, and Lamar is kind of the antithesis of that. He plays hard on both every both ends of the floor. Every single possession he's out there, there's been plenty of highlights where you say, okay, the Cavs might have a little something here, but he needs he's a long he has a long way to go in terms of shooting. And I think he still does have a long way to go in terms of shooting, but I have kind of thought about this for a while, but ever since J.J. Outlaw more than outright said, and Lamar said the same thing during media pre-Vegas Summer League availability, bit of a mouthful there, but they wanted to use Lamar more at the three, have him act as an offensive initiator. I don't think that really worked just because I think part of that plan is because the Cavs didn't really have a true point guard on their Summer League roster, but at the same time, that's what preseason's for, too, and training camp. You see if Lamar really can work at the three, if not... Maybe you're a bit more concerned because, like I said, the offensive answer is Jetty Osman, but let's say Denzel Valentine even outperforms him. You have to be very concerned about Jetty Osman's NBA prospects going forward, and you maybe need to reevaluate the market and see if you can grab a more stable option on the perimeter. I mean, I think you're already there. I think you're already, like, unsure of Jetty's. Like, last year was, like, absolutely, like, red, oh, you red, are, red flags but, galore. I think, th- I think. But maybe a couple months removed, maybe some time, over, time overseas. I think I, I can't tell with his Instagram. I don't know if he got married or not but maybe that will i don't think he got kind married of i think he just was life. going to lots of weddings i think as if he translated uh, the caption uh, you, I, I didn't come on, have you work for the company that owns instagram and you don't even unbelievable i do um, they verified me at 300 followers yeah you and clock chaser i'm just like <laughs> but um here's here's i think the jenny's the offensive answer but i think lamar is the more interesting one and i think if his shot isn't completely busted you go with him and that i think he's the fun option too and bill de filippo if you're there I, I recently moved so i haven't been getting your checks in the mail lately that buka money man give me some of it um I kind of wonder if they're going to, if by like just, if, if JB looks at this team and says, we need any kind of, sh- like, the, the how they balance some of these lineups is going to be so fascinating because, like, I, I wouldn't count Rubio as like a plus shooter. And, like, you need, like, it, we don't know what Mobley shots were like. Like, Allen's not a shooter. Marketing can only, like, cover for so much. And if we're, if we're talking about him, like, providing spacing next to a wing who can't shoot that well, I'd much rather pair him with Okoro. Right, like I'd much rather use like because Okora is much more oh, developed absolutely. as a slasher, much more developed as a guy who can attack closeouts and punish guys via sloppy closeouts if you can move the ball well. I wonder if we get to. I, I think all of these guys are probably going to get some kind of shot at some point. I think you're going to see a lot of stuff just thrown at the wall here, and it's going to be kind of a revolving door. I think the most fun. I mean, all these guys are going to have some kind of shot, yeah, but a lot yeah. of them may not make it from three. I think the most. The interesting option for me in that sense is the little winner because if winner can if you guys were watching right now you just watch chris man <laughs> process that part in real time yeah blink, and, just, and then continue and just glare um <laughs> i i think i think the most interesting answer if like you can if he can just like make threes is dylan winler because like they just the calves are like still screaming for like well wh- then that's the I, it's more on the Cavs. They didn't use Dylan yeah, Winler properly. Yeah, but it's not even year. just we that. We talked it's about like, this ad nauseum. Yeah, but the, I think Dylan just also looked like shook. He looked shook to me last year, and like I think some of oh, that is he like so spooked. He had deer, and he, I was spooked did, watching yeah, him go he, for a dunk. Had, like I think like coming back from the injury, I think like a lot of time away. I think it was a weird year. I, like I, I think there's like a lot of things that are just like really didn't help him, and I think this is like this is a make or to break a year for him. Um, I think if he can come in and be comfortable and like shoot well and do the thing that we think he should be able to do, 
then like mm -hmm. I think he might just be the answer because like the Cavs are so desperate for spacing. And most every other guy they're going to play, like, that's, like, not one of the two guards, like Okoro, Mobley, Allen. Like, if those are going to be a lot of your tentpole pieces, and then you have Rubio, who's, like, maybe not at his apex defensively anymore or athletically, but a smart defender knows what he's doing. Like, We'll talk about Ricky because I got some spice from his media yeah, deal, but I, we'll talk about Yeah, we'll him. take a break here, but I, I think, like, Windler is just, like, the one where I'm just, like, if I can, like, coax him to shoot, and like compete on defense and like rebound, which he showed he could at least do at like a passable level when he's in the little bit he's played. Like, I kind of want to just like see what that would look like. Um, Jetty is yeah. the one where I'm just like, there's like, okay, this is the categories I put them in. Lamar is the athleticism and defense bet. He screams to me, he's a very JB Bickerstaff player. Valentine is like the veteran who's just like, we have we need just someone who like isn't going to be like overwhelmed by this and like is going to be well, pretty he's level the dante exum project well, you hope he works out if it does he doesn't but it's not even that to me because i think exum was still like 23 years old in the Cavs got him valentine is like in his prime so to speak and is like been around a little bit it's just like he's just like okay like, that he's, is true he's like average and the we're Cavs just gonna are like not getting jared allen for denzel valentine it's so, like you're just gonna throw valentine out there and be like okay like he's not gonna like totally fail out there right like that's what you're going for jetty is like okay he's gonna be the well-rounded option if things go even for him and windler is gonna be the sharpshooting option all of these mm -hmm. guys i think provide something different they're a different flavor they're a different energy like i i'll be curious to see like how they kind of handle this and some of them like may play minutes at the two as well i mean like that's the other part of this like some of these like it could be more than one of these guys i mean you're going to see some sex in it, a lot of sex in it that you obviously, but there's going to be other minutes to fill there. And like, it, there's a lot of how this develops that I'm very curious to see how JB handles it. But Evan, we got to take one more break. This wing rotation, we we're going to probably, we'll probably still be talking about this four man kind of weave, like in February or March or something, something cataclysmic, but you got to tell everyone about our, our friends at rock Auto. We do. This episode of Locked on Cavs is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why spend up to 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low and for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution for your auto parts needs. So if you're interested, go out check out rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on, and their how did you hear about us box they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. All right, Evan, let's talk about some of the media availability. Let's just start with Lowry because you spoke to him before his media availability. So what did he say to you? And then what did, what was your takeaway from what he had to say when he, uh, on, on Zoom the other day? Uh, he's not a man of many words, that Lowry Markin. And I think a lot of it is the language barrier and him kind of interpreting things. I think it's because ours is on a phone call and he was in the middle of moving from Chicago to Cleveland and the connection at Cleveland Clinic Courts is also spotty in terms of his media availability, but he was kind of not really, he's just kind of giving non-answers for a while. Like, 
Theodore opens up every single press conference when it comes to Cavs media availability, and Lowry's just kind of giving Blase not answers. And he shared with me um, one of the reasons why he signed at the Cavs, uh, other than the fact he jokingly told me he wanted to come to Cleveland because one, there's no traffic on the highways, and two, the disc golf community is huge here. And he said he's excited to see the sport sport flourishing in Cleveland. And um, but he told me he like he, I feel like I can play free and play to the strengths of my game. Something I never really got to experience, he, not I, he never got to experience toward the ends of his time in Chicago because he enjoyed playing under Jim Boylan as the assistant, but when Jim Boylan became the head coach, things go a little bit different there. Not on the not leadership ideal. Not on the leadership council, Larry Marketing. No, no, it's not on the leadership council. And then uh, the, the other issue is, is like they dealt with setbacks then, and then the year Chicago hosted All-Star, the Bulls kind of trotted out Lowry and Zach as the fa- Levine as the face of the Chicago Bulls and hopeful options for All-Star weekend. Um, I think Zach was a representative for the Bulls, technically, for the All-Star game, but Lowry wasn't even close. He's having a frustrating year, and I think they just kind of crystallized him and tried to force him to play a specific role where they're like, okay, you were just a three-point shooter. You cannot bang with dudes in the post or things like that, and he's also just kind of a team player as well instead of a, a selfish guy on the court at times which can be frustrating when you're that big and phys- can be that physically dominant at times but he said he can come to Cleveland now I think this is a fresh opportunity for him I think that's more than evidently clear with how things end in Chicago but um, from what I gather the Bulls were hell bent and determined not to trade him and Cleveland really wanted him um, they didn't want Larry Nance Jr. for him they didn't want Larry Nance Jr. in a second round pick they didn't want Larry Nance Jr. at all which still befuddles me on what the Bulls are trying to do because I think Larry Nance Jr. would be so good in Chicago, especially with Lonzo Ball now there and Vucevic, and that, that's, a, that's, an, that's a story for another day. But Lowry's in Cleveland now. He is excited to play J.B. Bickerstaff. He has not really met with any of the coaches from what he said. One of the coaches asked him to shoot it a while in a practice they had in open runs. He's been getting to know Jared Allen and Mobley and Lamar and Isaac and um, – it's just I'm interested to see where this goes. Uh, I kind of get the vibe and impression he may start at the four to begin the year, but he's totally okay with coming off the bench if Mobley just kind of supersedes him or if Cleveland changes directions. But I know I mentioned Lamar, him making Lamar Stevens' life easier. I think he's going to make Kevin Mobley's life easy, even easier to start things out too because Lowry can technically play the five as well if you want to keep Mobley at the four. But he provides spacing to allow Mobley to operate better until Mobley's shot becomes a little bit more of a regular thing. Yeah, I would be a little surprised if he plays meaningful minutes at the five because, like, he's just not, like, built to defend any kind of fives. Like, I would try, like, Mobley is, like, real thin, and I would trust him defending, like, a bulkier big more than I would trust (laughs) Larry Marketed. Um, I I understand that. Like, it's, and again, like, the Cavs just, I don't think the Cavs, like, have the personnel to, like, even, like, go. Like who if they if they were to play like Lowry at the five and go like small, like is it like Okoro Steve like is it like Okoro one of the wings and then Sex and Garland? It's just like bizarro stuff. This roster is so bizarre. Um Oh, it's just a bunch of small guards and big men and a couple wings sprinkled in between. So yeah, it's a weirdly constructed yeah, roster. I think my takeaway from the Lowry like cast yeah. fans were in their feels that they're a tier three team in NBA two K twenty two, but I played with the Cavs a little bit and played out in NBA 2K22, and I fully understand why they're a Tier 3 team and why the Lakers are going to be a video game in real life and are really fun in a video game. Um, I think the Lowry thing is just you take away, like, look, he, I, I think it's on the Cavs to kind of maybe be a better fit for him, and I think that's sort of, if you read with your lines, what he said, that's what he said. What did, what did you take away from, from what Rubio had to say? I just felt like Rubio is like, 
when he's I had heard this from folks in Minnesota as well but like when he's willing to sort of engage and talk like he's a very well spoken thoughtful guy and he's not gonna uh-huh. uh, really really BS around what he's kind of feeling that that was kind of the vibe I got from from his media availability yeah I got that vibe too I think he was under the impression that Minnesota was going to trade him to a contending team and um, he was a little surprised that he ended up in Cleveland but he seems like he is at the point in his career where he's going to make the most of being a part of a losing situation or a winning situation because he was with a pretty okay Phoenix team and a very solid Utah team before that but I thought it was interesting to note that he kind of knows at this point in his career he's not really a starting point guard unless it is for a contending team I think he would start for a few few of the contenders in the east and the west but I mean unless they're locked a point guard obviously but that was interesting to note that he really wants to make it his mission to like he had a good point where Darius Garland had a very good season last year in his sophomore campaign but he couldn't stay healthy and he said the hardest thing is is to follow up that very good season and be even better the following year and he's like my job is to make sure Darius is at that point in terms of playmaking or defense or shooting or scoring or just being the leader on the both on and off the floor for this team he's like i've worked with devin booker i've worked with donovan mitchell last year i worked with anthony edwards like i have had all these stops with all these young players who i think can be truly great and uh, he gets the impression at least that darius can be one of those players and i think that speaks volumes but i think that's also how the Cavs feel about darius uh-huh. as well just 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 saying folks just we, we know where this we, we've been saying this for a while that uh yeah, this is the Darius Garland. Yeah, Darius Garland, if he can stay healthy, this is Darius the, Garland. This, this is yeah, this is a Garland Mobley. Or, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a Garland Garland Mobley future with Allen and Sexton. Hap- well, Allen is here, but Allen, Sexton. Sec- Allen Sexton and Cora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, yeah, they're they're, they're the complementary pieces. I mean, when I was transcribing this, the quote that stood out to me was, "I'm going to read the the I'm going to read I'm going to read the first part of this, and then um, I'll." You people can find it and read about it. But so we say, quote, I know Cleveland has a young roster. I'm probably not a good collaboration on that because I'm already in my 30s. But I think there's a lot of talent uh-huh. that doesn't make a good team. What makes a good team is putting the piece together and, and make it work. As a veteran, it's part of my job to make that work. Seeing where and how the young talent has to sacrifice something for the team. Um, he kind of talked about like it's the role thing that I think we've, we spoke at nauseum about. Yeah. I think like everyone. And then, and then he role. went on to say like he, he, he He's like, I have to work with the 15th guy and make sure that he is the best 15th man for this team. Like, that's, I don't know. But it's a lot of veteran rah-rah speak, but, but it, it's also refreshing well, to hear a Cavs player say that. Hey, number one, I think it absolutely matters. I believe that. I, I know people, mm-hmm. well, blah, blah, culture, winning salsa. I think, like, you, there, there's a little bit of the chicken of the egg stuff, but I think, like, having that stuff actually does matter. The question I think that it becomes is, like, when Rubio's like, I thought I was getting a traded to contender. I'm in my 30s. I know this isn't a long-term partnership. Like, it's very possible that Rubio's like, this is one year and out, that this is to the trade deadline and out. I'll be curious yeah. to see what his patience is because Minnesota was at least an organization where he knew even if some of the people at the top had changed, right? Like even if like Gerson Rojas wasn't He like, had familiarity. Right. That's what I'm saying. There was familiarity with the organization. Utah is like a pretty well run organization. Uh, David Locke did not pay me to say that, but it's true. Um, they they've had developed like a pretty sustainable culture there. Phoenix was obviously like a little different, but they were in the process of trying to maybe turning things around a little bit there. Um, as he was there and then you know this is where he is now I don't this is just a different there, there's some DNA pieces of these organizations that I believe are a little bit different I don't think the Cavs are exactly like even what Minnesota was last year just because of the familiarity I am curious to see like I don't expect Rubio to like be a really bad vibe at any point 
that you're probably playing no, bingo at I don't home. Think it'll be Chris said like the a, word vibe, yeah. so check that off in your lockdown cast <laughs> bingo board. But I'll be curious to see like what his patience level sort of is here, right? Like I'll be curious to see if like they are if things are awkward and it's like a two and twelve start or whatever, or there's like a ten game losing streak. Like like I mean they had a couple of those last year, Lester run you, and this isn't exactly like a roster that has on paper improved a ton in, in terms of It'll bring, it's, it's all based on internal improvement. I'll be very curious to see like what his sustained sort of interest in doing some of the chemistry stuff and, and some of that is and how fast, like how if it's a short time, if it can be a good time as, as much as I think the Cavs are kind of hoping here. I think that is one of the big questions that when I read what he's saying, um, I, I think he was pretty honest about it, that it's hard. And like, I'll be curious to see how far this can really go. I, I don't think we know yet, obviously, but I think that's really what I took away from Rubio. Yeah, I think as long as the Ricky Rubio experience is a positive one, that is a win in itself. I, I have a feeling it's going to be because he doesn't strike me as a player who's going to be uh, striking open descent in the locker room. Granted, he was talking about how excited he was to play with Kevin Love again, so Kevin Love could, you know, be uh, be the uh, devil on the shoulder here for the, for for one Ricky Rubio. I thought it was really sweet, I guess, if you want to put it that way, that um, he's like, oh, I was on a boat on vacation and Kevin called me, so I have to call him back. I just remembered I have to do that, like they're dating or something like that, or like long-lost lovers that are reconnecting. So... I'm honestly surprised the Cavs haven't tried to market more of this like Rubio love situation. Maybe they actually didn't like each other in Minnesota and well, it was just being a nice it, guy. It's a little too awkward to like do that when like the Kevin Love vibes well, are did, I mean like actually the Glenn Taylor did pay Ricky Rubio before he would ever pay Kevin well, yeah, Love. Yeah, that's part of yeah, so. yeah. There's also just like if you like I just felt really bad for the Cavs social team last week because like I every time I like I'd check Twitter for like one moment and then I'd see like one of the Cat Kevin Love player week tweets and then every response was just like F this a guy, like get him out of here. Like it the, the Kevin Love vibes are like a yeah, There's a bunch of morons. So oh well. Like I don't, I don't know. It's like Kevin Love's gonna see all these tweets, they're, but they're gonna be really good dinner buddies, though. I feel like the Rubio Kevin. Did you ever see the Rubio? Did you see Kevin the Blake Love Griffin podcast? The what? Where he was? Did you see the Blake Griffin podcast where he like more or less shared that he read every single thing Pistons fans were saying about him online, Dude, and he just carried it with him M- every single step. NBA of the way. players are so online. You gotta people. Though I think that Ke- people like look at Kevin Durant as like example. Like athletes see this stuff and. uh Oh, they see all of it. Larry Nance Jr., I know for a fact, searches up his name on Twitter all the time to see what people are saying about him. And then he'll rant. And he's done it to me a few times out of context. We'll snipe your tweets if he wants to drag you. Fedor-esque, if you will. But um, Why are you just... Evan, stop. No more bad vibes, okay? We're, we're bringing harmony. I'm here to fight. I'm here to scrap. You're it's the glasses, Chris. <laughs> I'm chucking, like you now. Chucking proper 12 on the VMA's carpet and Machine Gun Kelly. Just really tough stuff i heard some gross stuff about machine gun kelly over the weekend so i don't know how i feel about him anymore his some of the stuff he said about kylie jenner a few years ago is really icky so we're okay we're, we're i'm, I'm hitting eject moving, on this. We're, we're, no, we're done on. we're done this has been locked on calves for tuesday no, it hasn't been i just want to say no, i'm excited to see how ricky rubio works out i think it's a lot of money to pay a backup point guard but I think it's the one addition other than other than Evan Mobley I'm genuinely excited to see happen because Ricky Rubio is a very good playmaker and I think he's going to make every other player on Cleveland's roster life a hell of a lot easier. 
Fair. All right. Now hitting eject. Locked on cast for Tuesday, December 14th. I'm Chris. He's Evan. Find us on Peace. Twitter, wherever, or find us on wherever you get your podcast. Please hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Oh. And uh, configure our conf- There's Chris's handle. There we go. The camera configuration. And uh, we'll be back later in the week. TBD on exactly what the schedule is. We're figuring some of that out, but uh, we'll talk to everyone soon. Again, hit that subscribe button and go check out Locked On Browns because uh, Jeff Woods killing it as the Browns season gets going. I just want to, you know, share some love there, everyone. Be well.